the Hog Call Podcast. Welcome to the Hog Call Podcast. This is Chad. And this is Tim. Be sure to subscribe to the Hog Call on your favorite podcast iTunes directory, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you'd like. We're on them all. Listen to the Hog Call live at iPatio.com. The only live, real-time, uncut, uncensored, Razorback podcast. Created by fans for fans. Friend us on Facebook at Hog Call Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Hog Call Podcast. Chad runs the Facebook page and Tim runs the Twitter page. Support the Hog Call Podcast by helping us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating and leave a comment, even if it's just Go Hogs. This will go a long way to allow other Razorback fans to find the podcast more easily. If you'd like to throw a tip our way, you can support us financially at our Patreon page. Even $1 will go a long way into updating our equipment or providing server space to store our episodes. We're counting on fan support. Do you have something Hog Call Nation needs to hear? Call and leave a voicemail at 812-850-0110 or send an email to hogcallpodcast at gmail.com. Well, it's good to get that mess out of the way. How's it going, Tim? Hey, pretty good, Chad. How are you tonight? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little bit uh, under the weather about how the um, Arkansas Razorback basketball team lost that game. I feel like, you know, there was a free throw situation again, and it's just very frustrating that we keep seeing these free throw situations and, you know – I'd like to, you know, blame it on other things and so on and so forth. But the more I think about it, the more I feel like it was really the free throws that let us down. And if we just hit our free throws above 50% in the 60% range, we would won both of our games that we lost by one point. And, you know, it's something I said, hey, we got to be careful about, you know, this team could sneak up on us. So it's not that big of a surprise, but goodness gracious, it's just – I don't know. Yeah. Uh, free throws were especially awful in the first half. We were four out of five in the second, but it was a little too late. We left. We went five out of 11 in the first half, left six points on the board. You know, we led, we led by eight points at halftime, which usually I think there's some stat they always show when Arkansas leads at halftime under Anderson. We haven't been beaten in a long time, and that was that was different. It was, it was at home. We haven't lost a non-conference opponent in quite a long time at home. Uh, uh, Western Kentucky controlled the pace, slowed it down, played a lot of zone on us. Uh, their big man kind of out, outperformed Gafford. And, um, yeah, it was another loss by, it was a loss by one point, so we've lost two games by a total of three points this year. So we're that close. We should a couple free throws away on each for being eight and no. Absolutely. And Bailey – I felt like he could have played a little harder. It seemed like uh, he didn't give his best effort in that game. And, you know, that's something that I was really hoping that we wouldn't see um, the Razorbacks, you know, not performing as well as they can, as well as we know they can. And, uh, yeah, I really felt like, you know, there was a situation there. Yeah, and uh, Bailey was definitely a surprise. He didn't. He went over four 
field goals and the 0 for 2 from free throw. So he didn't give us any points at all. And those, I mean, if he would have just hit those two free throws, we win, like you said. At least, I mean, even him ending the game with just two points, that would have been enough to win. But he, he played awful. Uh, the team looked really sluggish. Um, but Bailey, I mean, he's had a pretty good, you know, he's shooting, you know, 60% on the year. Um, his free throw has been bad, and he's been rebounding solid. They average about 10 points, but more games like this, and Reggie Chaney's going to uh, get into that starting spot, or he should. I don't know if Anderson will put the freshman over the, the you know, the junior, but if Bailey keeps playing like that, his minutes should go down. Because that was, that was, I was disappointed, like you said. It's a good point. That, yeah, and then the Seals came out and balled out like we know he can. Desi, Dallas and Seals. And, you know, that was exciting to see because I knew he was going to blow up and have a great game, one of these games. And then also Reggie Chaney had a good game. But, you know, it just wasn't enough. Yeah, and uh, Desi Seals, you know, we were talking about kind of the Western Kentucky controlling the plays, playing that zone. You know, they, they had got up on us. Uh, they got up on us about eight points, kind of turned it around, um, and we couldn't get anything going. Um, Harris has been an aggressive point guard all year, but we were just – first time I've seen this year, us just standing around, um, and it took Seals coming off the bench, and he came in and got about eight straight points of driving to the basket, attacking that uh, – kind of busting that zone uh, to, to quickly put us back um, – you know, kind of tie the game, get it around there. So thank goodness, or we might have gotten beat by by twenty in that one. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, Gafford, you know, he did okay. He had a decent game. I mean, his rebounds was really the highlight of the game for him, which is good. We need that, but at the same time, we also need somebody else to step up and and help him out whenever he's attacking the boards and he's focusing on rebounds you really have to have bailey that you can pass the ball back out to yeah and you gotta have the second option when you know gaffords get double teamed and also bailey uh gotta play that helping on their, their big man bassey who uh had 21 points nine rebounds five blocks um you know he's really efficient seven out of eleven um, but needed somebody for some help defense on that guy. Um, but uh, Gafford, I will say, he was three for three on free throw, so we can't blame it this time around. And a couple blocks, but I, he really didn't. I mean, I was hearing kind of earlier in the week, man, Gafford really played like crap. It's like 17 points, nine rebounds, and, uh, efficient, you know, efficient shooting. It's not one that bad, but I think it was just that Bassey uh, kind of got the better of him. Yeah, he did, and you, but you can't expect Gafford every single game to win every one all by himself. It's just not realistic, especially in college basketball. And heck, even LeBron can't do it in the NBA. And so, you know, it's one of those things where you got to get some help for your best player. And he didn't have as much help as he needed. You know, he had Isaiah Joe, and he was putting down shots. Mason Jones was putting down shots. Harris was putting down shots. Uh, the Seals come in, and, and he was doing well, but everybody else was cold. Yeah, and that was really surprising. I mean, um, even against Colorado State, you know, Embry Simpson uh, came off the bench, and he hit four out of five threes just a couple days before. 
Um, Osa Boyan gave some points that day. He gave us zero points. 0 for 2. Um, well, we already said ba- uh, Bailey was 0 for 4. Um, and Jones really didn't get started. I mean, it, there for a while, it was Isaiah Joe, the only guy hit three-pointers. We kept playing everything until Jones hit about two or three in the last uh, couple minutes. To, uh, had the uh, We could have stopped uh, Bassey down there low. Or the other guy, when he passed to it, uh, you know, he would have the game winning three. But, yeah, they got to get some help. That was a disappointing effort. But, uh, yeah, should be seven and one right now at least. Yeah, no, I agree with that totally. And then also the other thing that I think we got to think about is that, you know, Reggie Chaney came in. He had, what, four rebounds and four points. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd like to see him do a little bit better. Just give a little bit more production out there. Yeah, he he's got to have uh, kind of the last couple of games. He's really he's kind of had these numbers. Is more more like ten points, eight rebounds, kind of kind of nights. Um, yeah, only two for four. wasn't that aggressive. Um, wasn't that real aggressive against their inside presence? But another thing about that that their their center Bassey, uh, he was a. Uh, top five player coming out of high school. I don't know how he ended up at West Kentucky, but he'll be a top. He'll be a high, high draft pick. He's always got stouts. So it's not like it was just some bogus, bogus center. You know, mm-hmm. just some scrub. Like you know, kind of get some points and rebounds inside. But yeah, I'd like to see Cheney. Cheney's uh, continue kind of what he had before this game. We just look just sluggish all around. I mean, I don't know if it was. I know they the team got in at like four a.m. from Colorado Thursday morning, but you know, they still had a couple days. Yeah, couple they days had to recover of time from that. prepare for that. I don't think you can blame the yeah. Colorado game or the timing of when they uh, got in on that. I think that uh, we just dropped the ball on this one. I think that's just, you know, that's all there is to it. And it's just like that Texas game. We dropped the ball there also. And honestly, it's going to be the difference, I feel like, this year between, you know, whatever we do and however far we go is going to be how well we're shooting free throws for the challenging games that we play. Um, the The most challenging games we've played, the Texas game, the Western Kentucky game, we've both been in the 50% range, I believe, in free throws. I think it was 54 for... Uh, Texas and 56 for Western Kentucky. So if you're hitting even in the 60% range, you win both those games. And I I just feel like that's what conference play is going to come down to is how well we're doing with our free throws. And I was talking to a friend of mine at Gibbs High School, the basketball coach down there, and I asked him exactly – what kind of improvement, you know, we should expect to see uh, with uh, free throws. And he said that he felt like that was the most improvable part of a game throughout the year. So what do you think about that? And I know you coach some basketball, so. I, I agree, too. I mean, it's not like, especially when you're talking about that game, you know, uh, Gafford hit, hit three out of three. And you had Isaiah Joe, two for five. I mean, he should be hitting 85% night. I mean, if he's got such a good stroke like he does i can't believe he he missed the i know he got fouled on a three-pointer and only made one of those and even then another uh, opportunity later missed one um i, I definitely all these guys are capable of it you know i don't um uh, i think 
think Gafford's capable of still having a shooting, uh, you know, to keep improving. Um, Bailey, I don't know. He may be one of the lost calls on the free throws, but hopefully he gets better. But all these guards should be knocking them down more. I don't think, you know, they got the practice facility. Uh, they're in the Bud Walton all the time. So I, I, um, I think he's right. That, uh, you're talking to is right, definitely. Uh, and like you're saying, I mean, just like a starting off SEC play on the road, for example, at A&M in a couple weeks, or like not even talking about Tennessee, Tennessee matchup or somebody like that, even like going on at Ole Miss or A&M or uh, Missouri. I mean, those those road games could be the difference, a couple points again in free throws that we just left on the board and got um, got to improve it and, uh, and uh, we'll be able to get in the tournament. But if we keep blowing some of these games – um, it's going to be tough. I mean, we haven't even got close to being blown out by anybody, but uh, these are frustrating. These are probably more frustrating. Yeah, that's true. It is frustrating. And we did say that if we had two losses going in the SEC, we'd be good for the tournament uh, towards the beginning of the year. That's one of the things that we talked about on the on one of the previous podcasts. Yeah. Is I said, how many losses do you think – we can have and still make the NCAA tournament before SEC play. And you said that you thought two losses was acceptable. So we got those. We just need to win out. And there's no reason we shouldn't win every other game by big numbers, in my opinion, up until uh, SEC play. Um, So, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. And I I guess we'll see, you know, exactly what's that going to look like. But like you said, just watching the game, to me, I felt like the aggressiveness wasn't there. It didn't feel like we were pressing as much as we could. Um, it didn't feel like we were attacking the, the other team as much as we could. We wasn't running with the ball. It was a very sluggish game. So I don't know if they had, you know, went out to row week or whatever it was, but something's going on. Yeah, that was uh... – it just looks sluggish. Uh, they only had 12 fast break points. Um, they did have 17 points off uh, 14 Western Kentucky turnovers, and they ended up actually having more eight more points in the paint than Western Kentucky. It was just a couple different. They had two more free throws and one more three than us. Um, they out-rebounded us, you know, by three. Um, but I think the aggression just wasn't – I mean, we should have been leading by more in the first half. I didn't think Western Kentucky really thought – you know, we had talked about it in the last podcast. They beat uh, West Virginia, who was ranked uh, 13th, I think, at the time, top 15. Um, so they're, you know, a solid team, and they're, they weren't scared to come in here. They've been playing quite a few road games. But they um, kind of went down eight, you know. I think they kind of was like, well, we can do this, and just all of a sudden outscored us by uh, nine that next half. But, uh, but we do have a couple winnable games. We got uh, – UT San Antonio, Georgia Tech, Texas State, and Austin P before AM in a couple weeks. All those we should definitely there's no excuse for not winning those four. Yeah, I think Georgia Tech is the one that scares me the most and when I'm looking yeah. ahead to those three. That's that's the game that you know you gotta keep your eye on. And just so the fans know, I, I guess we just jumped right into sports and we didn't have any preludes or anything in this podcast but just so everybody knows next week um i got a ordeal i gotta do so we're gonna be taking a bye week i guess uh on the podcast and then we will uh be back the week after so we'll be covering the next three games for you tonight 
and also the other thing is we're recording this a little bit different so let us know if you like the quality if you if you think uh this is the way to go or if you like the way we was recording it before um there were some technical difficulties so we had to go a little bit of a different route and we'll see how it sounds i mean i'm very hopeful uh that it's going to sound good now that we got it set up it wouldn't be that hard to continue to do but I just wanted to kind of throw that out there so everybody knows just in case things maybe sounded a little different than they normally do. And if it just sounds awful, uh, please tell us. Hey, if it sounds a lot better, please tell us too. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it'll be a good week. Out of any week, it'll be a good week to kind of take a, take a bye week because besides those kind of basketball games, which we can easily recap in a couple weeks, um, not a lot, you know, hockey's not playing. Uh, we're not in a bowl game, obviously, so. And it's the last thing we want to do is have to take a week off and, and all. But at the same time, we just got to be realistic about this. And there's going to be some times when we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have some personal conflicts and we're going to have to make some tough decisions on whether to do it or to take some time off. And I'm sure all you guys would rather us take a little time off here and there than get burnt out and uh, not be able to give you a regular podcast like we have been. Oh, yeah. But it'll, I bet that two weeks, a couple weeks off, or well, one week off, but you know, two weeks to the next one, I bet we'll come back refreshed and have a really good one. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, did, I mean, I guess my bookie didn't have anything to say about the upcoming games. It's too far out and all that. Did we? Yeah. It's did we see what the line was on the previous games? I know we had talked about bringing you the line in the next podcast, being that we can't do it I, in the... I, I think we were, I feel like we were six or eight, somewhere around the six, eight point range of mm -hmm. uh, being favorites against Western Kentucky. Okay, so uh, either way you went, you would have won money if you had used uh, promo code HOGCALL at uh, MyBookie. And remember, MyBookie is going to match whatever you put in they're going to give you double that so if you put in fifty dollars they're going to match you that fifty so you're going to have a hundred to bet with if you put in a thousand they're going to give you a thousand so you have two thousand to bet with um that goes all the way up to a thousand dollars so you know i know i've heard a few fans that said hey you know i put a hundred in i put fifty in and they doubled it uh one and I got a quick payout and so on and so forth. So, you know, use my bookie, use promo code hog call. It helps us update our equipment and everything. And, you know, it, it uh, if you're going to be betting, you might as well, uh, you know, you might as well throw some, uh, throw some green our way. And, and then we'll throw some your way by doubling your uh, deposit. That's a fair deal. Heck of a deal. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm satisfied with our uh, take on the Western Kentucky game. Uh, do you have anything else? Yeah, no, I don't uh, I don't have anything else anymore to contribute about that game, you know. It's just disappointing to lose by a point, you know. And, and it's yeah. disappointing whenever you got uh, Joe running wide open and you pass it in to Gafford as like five guys 
you know, surrounded him, who gets the ball, takes it up, and all you need is a slam in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you can't even get the slam in, and, and instead of, like, just tipping it in off the backboard and making sure you make sure that shot falls, you totally miss it. And it's just, it was just a frustrating thing to watch. And, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't guess I have any more to say about that. It's just really, uh, really frustrating game. And, you know, we're, we're better than that. And I know that. So I think that's why it's so frustrating. Yeah, we're better than that, especially at home. You know, you just don't expect to you don't expect to lose. I was very surprised and I was uh kinda unsure if it really happened until you know, some of those games where you're surprised you lost, like that really happened? You know what I mean? And oh well, it's like well, everybody else's reaction was like, Yeah, well, no, it was yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, Oh well, maybe that'd be a nightmare. I I realize I do that with football too, especially some of those losses. I was like, Man, was that really happening? It's happened over the years, I guess so. I need to stop, stop thinking that's going to happen. But one of these days, I'm going to have a nightmare about us losing. The next day, we beat beat some beat the team up. We lost to them in my dream. Well, you'd rather have a nightmare about us losing and waking up and realizing that was a nightmare than having an awesome dream about us winning the national championship and waking <laughs> up and realizing that's a dream and then not winning the championship is real life. So I would definitely switch those two around. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> I like a good win, Paul. Like oh, yeah. Good... Whoa, I didn't expect that. <laughs> not at all. All right, so uh, what's up with these next games? All right. So let's start off. We got... Uh, First game this Saturday, December 15th, uh, against the University of Texas San Antonio. Um, the uh, Roadrunners, uh, we're playing them at Verizon Arena in North Little Rock. Uh, 7 o'clock, uh, the game is not on any TV or ESPN or SEC Plus or ESPN 3. Watch ESPN, anything like that. It's just solely on the radio. If they keep doing this for the Little Rock games. This happened the last couple of years. Not broadcast anywhere, so. It's a shame. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is a shame, kinda, and it's it's hard to watch these games with these, you know, uh, mid-level conference teams that they're just not on TV. So it's it's really hard to catch it. Um, I was just looking back at their scores and the games they played, and you know, I saw they lost to uh, uh, Oklahoma. Um, I see that they uh, beat Florida Gulf Coast, and they, that can be a bit of an indicator because I believe it was Colorado State that played Florida Gulf Coast and so on and so forth, and we kind of had equated those two. Um, I see that Texas State beat them. Um, you know, I just don't see any – there's not any other standout games for me where I'm like, oh wow, look, they beat that team. You know, they could come, they could come for us, or uh, you know, oh, I can't believe they, you know, hung in there that close because, like, when they lost to Oklahoma, it was a big loss, and you know, I guess Texas State was a closer, closer we uh, loss or whatnot. It was a one point loss, so yeah, they don't really look. They're three and six overall. Um, 
don't really look that strong of a team. Looks like a team we should beat by double figures. Um, that seems like about the second or third team, you're right, that, that played Florida Gulf. I believe uh, Colorado State, I think uh, maybe FIU played them too. So I don't I mean, They seem like they all beat Maybe they're having a down year, but I think they're still a solid program. But, you know, lost to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State by 20. You know, they haven't just got – even those games haven't got – well, I know 20 is a pretty good wide margin, but I haven't really got beat by more than that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll try to come in there and play, but this should be a game we fully dominate. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, Florida Gulf Coast do seem to have a uh, rough year this year. It seems to be a down year. And I was just noticing that they won that game by, what, 10 points. So, you know, it just kind of gives you a uh, – a gauge i guess a little bit or at least i like to think it does it probably doesn't but i like to think it gives you a gauge of kind of what kind of program it is and if florida gulf coast is able to hang in with them uh that well and you know they've been getting blown out by these other teams that we've blown out then you know this should be kind of a cruising game you know yeah and uh this is a team that's got out you know, average getting outscored 77 to 74 on average. You know, they only shoot 41% field goals. Uh, not that great three-pointers. Um, so, like, they're led by Keaton Wallace. He started every game. He averages 19 six points a game. And then they got Javon Jackson, who's only – he's only started one game out of six, but he's their second-leading scorer, averaging 18.7. And they don't have another guy averaging in double figures. So, Oh, wow. uh, Wallace and Jackson are the two guys that's really going to um, be uh, getting a lot, most of the shot. Well, definitely. Well, Jackson's only, he's must have been hurt. He's only played in six of the nine games. and mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, But they they take the most shots. So those are kind of the guys to look for. The other stars are Nick Allen, Byron Frohin, and Giovanni De Nicola. So. Not sure about that one. So what a name! Yeah, sorry, I haven't. This is one of those teams, you know. They're not. They don't play on TV, so it'll be easier to scout later on. Uh, guys, I don't have a whole lot of what they will. I'm looking forward to SEC matchups when I could watch some previous games and really kind of look and see what the opponents are doing. But so you said Giovanni Jackson's their leading scorer, right? Uh, Wallace is their lead scorer. Then next to that is Jackson. Okay. Okay. All right, I see. And then is who's the who's the uh I guess nobody else is really showing out. Yeah, it's just a lot of guys that besides those two, eight point six points, eight point six, seven point eight, six point four six. So a lot of guys that kind of just um spread it around. Um Forehand is a defensive guy mainly, right? He's just pulling down rebounds and Looks like, yeah, he averages the most rebounds, eight rebounds, 14 steals. You know, leads the team, 14 steals. Um, and then that Giovanni De Nicolo, he's got, he leads the team, 31 assists. So he's probably their point guard, uh, four and a half rebounds. And he's got 14 steals, too. So those are probably their two best defensive players. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Frohan, he's, he's the only guy shooting above 50% from the uh, field goal, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. So go ahead and slap him on the wrist and try to take the ball from him. That's fine. Yeah, and uh, it's a team we should we should be able to put some defensive pressure on. 
Um, they average quite a few turnovers. Um, it so like we should kind of hold them pretty low scoring output. Yeah, it looked like to me the only uh, the only really threats they have coming off the bench, if you want to call it that, is this uh, Adrian Rodriguez and then the uh, Etern Boyer is coming in every once in a while. And yeah, um, yeah, not a not a not a huge bench, but really that IA and Boyer and if Jackson is still coming off the bench for him, mm-hmm. uh, really not a not a long. Not a long bench, only those couple guys averaging in double-figure minutes. Rodriguez, too, he had about nine, so it'll come in. So it looks like that's going to be a uh, a team we can we can definitely beat. We definitely have a opportunity to beat. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw some of the highlights of the uh, Oklahoma State game, and, you know, that's pretty much the only – thing i've been able to see of this team as far as you know their previous play and it wasn't uh impressive let's just put it that way yeah this is a uh not one of the best teams and their biggest crowd they played in front of was that oklahoma state game in front of 6500 so hopefully verizon arena last couple years they've been they've been selling that game out Uh, i think that's part of one of the reasons they don't broadcast it they kind of Want everybody to buy up all the tickets for the Little Rock game, um, so it should be a pretty good uh, uh, fan support game, um, and hopefully, hopefully, just blow them out of the water from start to finish. And we're hopefully, hopefully, we're pissed off about the last game. Uh, we need to use that as motivation, and uh, you know, just saying, hey, we're not, you know, we're not as good as everybody was telling us we were after winning six straight. Uh, so let's prove to everybody, you know, we belong. Yeah, I think that's definitely a um, <clears throat> attitude the team has to go in there with. And I think I'd like to see another big number game. I'd like to see a score in the hundreds again. Um, you know, we know we can do it, but it's been a while since we've since we've done it. So I would definitely like to see that. Oh yeah, I would too. After those, kind of got. I guess it hadn't been a those... while. I guess it's been like a game, but it feels. Like yeah, it. I mean, well, I got used after that 121-point game against Florida International and the 98-point game on the road at Colorado State. So you're really uh, mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of just expecting that. But I think it'd be good to give that Little Rock crowd a, a, kind of a taste of a point. Yeah. And so if you're in Little Rock, you definitely need to go to the game and, and uh, get fired up for that and, and get ready. It's going to be uh, at the... Uh, you know, I guess it's the Verizon Arena. I thought it was a, I don't know. It used to be the Alltel uh, back yeah, when I was and they're, a kid, but I guess they changed it now, huh? Somebody just bought it. At, no, right? I mean, now they're about to change it from Verizon to something too. I forgot who bought it. Oh somebody yeah, just bought the name I heard that they had the naming rights sold or something. So, well, well, I'm ready for a prediction if you are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you think? Okay, I'm going to say... Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I'm going to say Razorbacks, 94, Roadrunners, oh, 68. Okay, okay. Um, I'll say Razorbacks, 112, Roadrunners... 
73. I like it. Yeah, I think we're both expecting us to come out, come out with some uh, fire, you know, and really, mm-hmm. really take it to to San Antonio. Yeah, I'm definitely expecting a win. Um, you know, if we don't have a win in that game, it's going to be disappointing, especially going to play Georgia Tech next, where, you know, we might have a situation on our hands. Yeah. Um... You know, Georgia, Georgia Tech plays in the ACC. Uh, everybody, you know, kind of a uh, considered the best basketball conference. So most every team in there is at least solid or competitive. Um, you know, they're five and three on the year. Um, they play one more game before us, Gardner Webb Bulldogs. Uh, they've beat Lamar, lost to Tennessee by 13. Um, Tennessee's number five in the nation right now and that was there so that's not really bad too bad of a loss yeah and that's what i was gonna say i saw that uh tennessee game and they hung in there pretty good with them uh but you know tennessee had got the best of them and they were ranked number three in the nation at the time yeah um um i know in that game just kind of looking at it real quick um they only shot 27 percent that game so tennessee's defense really uh kind of smothered them uh they were 16 out of 58 field goals three out of 19 um three pointers 18 out of 21 free throws that's what kept them in it we don't want to get into a free throw shooting contest with uh georgia tech that's the last thing we want we don't want to get in that with anybody no and then uh they then after tennessee they beat east carolina beat ut rio grand valley beat prairie view a&m uh then they lost uh, back-to-back Northwestern by six, and then St. John's, who's pretty good, by three, and beat Florida A&M. Uh, that St. John's Northwestern was on a kind of a neutral little round. Or, well, I guess Northwestern's out there, and then the St. John's was a neutral floor in Miami. But a really competitive team. Mm-hmm. Um, even those couple losses, kind of kind of like uh, us, you know, a couple things go away. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be a pretty good battle. Our, definitely our biggest test. Uh, this was a game kind of. You know, I would have thought maybe um, it's between them and Western Kentucky that would give us kind of a thing. So we can't – at dropping Western Kentucky, we cannot afford to lose to Georgia Tech at home. Yeah, we really need a win on this game. And the one thing that makes me hopeful, if you look at how they played Florida A&M, which is a horrible team, they should have scored over 100 points on them, and they was only able to score 73 points on Florida A&M even though Florida A&M only scored 40 points on them. So, you know, they're not a high-scoring team. Um, It looks like all their games have been pretty low-scoring games, except for the Lamar game. Um, Every other one has been in the 70s or the 60s. Uh, Yeah, and they're only averaging uh, 70 points a game. Their opponent's 58, so they like to play a little slower. Uh, grounded out effort. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely, so really a lot of teams, you know, a lot of teams, you know, we're averaging about 87 on the season. You know, a lot of times, especially those games where we're really scoring 98, 100 uh, in the 90s and stuff, you know, look through the scores, especially on those Saturdays when we're doing that. A lot of games that we're the highest scoring uh, team. So there, so we're going to uh, kind of like West Kentucky control the pace. We can't let Georgia Tech do that. We got to get out and run and press and um 
Got to have Georgia Tech missing ball so we can get out and run. I think that was another going back to the Western Kentucky. They didn't miss enough. We didn't uh, force them to miss enough where we get the rebound and uh, get the fast break points. But we'll have to do that against Georgia Tech. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, we definitely got to run the ball on them. I think that's going to be very important on, um, you know, how well we do. I think it's going to be all about, like you said, putting pressure, uh, pressing after every shot, every score, uh, getting our rebounds, and and driving to the basket. You know, I think we're going to have to get back to driving to the basket and uh, get away from, you know, shooting free throws, not free throws, but three points. And, uh, you know, obviously we're probably not going to improve our free throw game between now and then. But if we can, if we can do those things and not rely so much on a slower game where we're trying to pass the ball down low and we're passing it to the outside a lot, you know, catch and shoot uh, type games, I think, is going to help us against Georgia Tech. Oh, absolutely. Um, and they're led by Jose Alvarado. Um, he's usually been the, he's been the leading scorer and uh, looks like about six out of the uh, eight games they played, five out of the eight games. Um, their big rebounders, James Banks. Um, it probably looks like he'll, he'll be the one kind of going up against uh, uh, Gafford probably. Mm-hmm. Um some of these trying to research, man, they really make it hard sometimes. <laughs> as far as like some of these places, I'm you know football. You're researching these stats and like these teams, uh, they're you know uh, who they got making their uh, websites are just fantastic and like making it easier where you can just go easily and you, you look at the roster, you know, you see how big they are, and then you <laughs> click on them and they show stats instead of having to go to different. Oh, yeah, I agree. And then you had, uh, with that, there were several different medians you can look at um, that showed a lot of these different stats when it comes to football. It's not easy to round everything up when it comes to basketball and find all the different stats because I guess they just don't put it out there as readily as they do with football. I guess people just aren't as interested. It's, It's almost like People are more interested in, in watching the game and and kind of bringing you a idea of what they saw after watching the game than they are, you know, providing you with the statistics you need to, you know, have an informed discussion about it. But at the same time, I agree with you. You have to have those statistics so you can, you know, really gauge what we're walking into. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It's kind of, man, Georgia Tech's kind of a strange, uh, even this early on, for uh, kind of looking over their scoring leaders, uh, that Jose Alvarado, their leading scorer, he only averages 12.9 points a game. And then he got, um, uh, let's go, let's see, Alvarado, where is he? Sorry, guys. Uh, he's a six-foot sophomore, 176 pounds, little guy. Uh-huh. Um, and then their next leading scorer is Brandon Allison. He's averaging... 12.5 points a game. So not these guys, like we said, kind of only averaging 70. They're not, uh, don't have a just big time scores. So that guy's six, five. He's a senior, uh, grad student. Um, so, uh, Curtis Haywood, 
It's all right. Um, James Banks are, is their lead. He's 6'9". We're talking about his leading rebounder. Uh-huh. Um, they kind of just they haven't settled on a, just a main starting lineup. Different combinations they've been working with. Not uh, mm-hmm. Curtis Haywood's only got started every game, so not sure who's going to be the, who they're going to uh, start when the uh, tip off. Yeah, I mean they even get that uh, Caleb Moore some reps and Shabiri Phillips and Alba Louis Gray. I mean I guess that's how you say these names. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not a yeah. linguist, but uh, you know they even get in there and get. Some quality reps, some playing time. Yeah, that is one thing. Um, and the guys that more defensive, uh, probably defense oriented, that aren't expected to go out and score a lot, and that may kind of play into their favor for trying to press and try to speed them up because they can kind of dive into their bench a little bit more. Because you got guys with quite a few guys with uh, solid minutes above, uh, you know, uh, probably about five or six guys off the bench averaging or beyond their top five minute minute providers that average double figures. So they're, they'll, they can look into that bench. If somebody's not playing well, they'll uh, bring somebody else um, in. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those games where you got to be careful that they're going to be able to sneak up on us. It's definitely a team that's – it's definitely a game that's a winnable game. I think our strengths play to our favor, being a fast team, fast break team – Praying press uh, and uh, moving the ball up and down the court, you know, quick shots, um, fast tempo, uh, picks and screens. I think all that plays into our uh, favor, but if they can slow us down, then they have a chance. So it's really going to be who executes their game the best and doesn't allow the other team to take them out of their comfort zone. Absolutely. Um, that's a great point. Um, and we kind of, we see that a lot uh, with teams that are just want to com- kind of play uh, completely opposite of ours. Um, and they know that it's not, it's not a secret that Anderson, that's his style of teams. That's what, you know, it's not, not any secret that that's the system he wants to run is play fast and uh, get up and down on offense in and force you to speed up on defense. Um, so it's kind of a battle there, like you're saying, Chad. Um, and also, this game's at eight o'clock on a Wednesday night. Um, students are gone. Hopefully, there'll still be a good crowd. I'm going to. I'm looking forward to going to that game. Um, uh, I haven't seen Georgia Tech playing against us in any sport, so it's always kind of interesting to uh, see a new team uh, through the year. So that'll be fun. It will be fun, and I think. Uh... You know, I think we're going to have a good uh, a good opportunity to, you know, go out there and win this game. We just got to play our game, and we got to, you know, not let them take us out of the comfort zone, and we'll be fine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I've got a score prediction if you do, Chad. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say um, Arkansas Razorbacks 80 Georgia Tech, 78. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it can go either way, and I think uh, it's just going to really depend on, you know, how fast we can play this game. Okay. I've got a little bit large margin. i got us 87 to 70. Um, might not be able to score that much, but uh, kind of came ahead. I hope we can. I hope we can take advantage, but. 
hopefully, hopefully uh, rings true. It'll, this will be our eighth win of the season. Then after that, um, um, after we play Georgia Tech, and now this kind of surprised me, kind of researching them. Um, they haven't just beat any major opponents, but Texas State, our uh, our uh, uh, third opponent in this kind of uh, group, they're nine and one. We play them December twenty second, Saturday, uh, not you know the Saturday after next at one p.m. I love a good afternoon, but walking game. Um, really excited about that, but uh, Texas State is nine and one. Um, so that's no matter what kind of competition they're playing, they're they're winning a lot, whole lot more than they lose. Um, they beat Air Force, uh, beat Harden Simmons, beat uh, one at Drake, beat Cal Poly, USC Upstate, one at Portland, beat Rice, and then went on the road at uh, UT San Antonio. Went on the road and beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi and beat Houston Baptist. Okay, I guess they lost that Drake, but every game, so they they kind of um, teams at least they're kind of level. They've been beaten, um, so and, uh, they play one more game. UTRGV uh, must be Division Two team before they play us, but so they'll probably be ten and one before they come into Bud Walton a couple Saturdays from now. So yeah, well, I mean uh, that's going to be one of those games where. You know, we gotta really be uh, we gotta really be ready for you know the type of play that they're gonna be bringing uh, to the table. I think uh, you know the scores indicate that you know they're kind of a faster moving team and they they put up a few more points. And it seems like those teams has given us a little bit more trouble than the lower scoring teams that are slower playing. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully we can kind of, they do look like they uh, play a little faster pace. Hopefully we can kind of just be better at that game. Uh, kind of like we did against Florida international. Uh, we kind of took the game they wanted to play and we're just better at it. Mm-hmm. But being them by about 30. So hopefully I do the same against Texas state. Um, hopefully they want to do that. Um, so their team, you know, they averaged uh, beating their opponents 75.60.7, so about a 14.7-plus scoring margin. Um, they shot about 47% from the field, one of the best as far as the last couple teams we've seen, 35% three-pointers. Um, out-rebound their opponents by about eight. Um, 17 assists a game with only 13 turnovers, um, about seven steals a game. Um so kind of some stats more comparative to ours um, as far as that goes. And they've kind of got – they've got a few guys that play double figure uh, off the bench too. They're really led by um, – man, I really don't want to butcher names here. It's tough. Uh, his first name, um, Najal Pearson. He averages uh, 20.3 points a game. So he's their scorer. Um there's not a guy that even averages double figures. So he averaged 20 points a game. He's taken 150 shots. Um, so it'll take about, you know, a third of the team shots. Mm-hmm. He hits about 34 to 69, 50% threes. Um, uh, four and a half rebounds. Four t- leads the team in steals with 14. 
So he's the best player to look for is that uh, Pearson 6'5", 200 guard. Okay. And then they – and oh, sorry, no, go Jake. Ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, then their other guard uh, started Trey Lawrence Nottingham, uh, 6'2". Uh, he averages about 9.9 .9 points a game. Um, then he got – let's see here. He got Jalen Sneed, uh, their starting point guard, 6'1". Um, he leads the team with about 50 assists, only 17 turnovers, 11 steals. Uh, only six and a half points a game, four rebounds. So kind of like our Jalen Harris, a lot of assists, not very many turnovers. Um, Will, you know, can score a little bit when he needs to, but mainly as a distributor. And then their big guys are going to be Alex Peacock, 6'7", uh, 215. Um, you know, he's a, he averages about uh, seven seven rebounds a game. He's got six, uh, six blocks. And let's see. Uh, I'm trying to determine they kind of play the other as far as the center kind of rotating. But they also got Alonzo Sewell. Um, let's see. So I guess that Peacock was their leading score. So a lot of shorter guys, uh, guys that really playing a lot of minutes. Six seven six eight. Gafford should have a pretty good day against guys. Yeah, that's really exciting to hear. Uh, what about this Nottingham? Is he? Uh... Is he is he somebody we really got to watch out for? I mean, I don't think as much as Pearson, but yeah, he's. I mean, he's definitely their probably their second kind of go to guy. And if, uh, we've kind of seen some of Western Kentucky, one of the guards that didn't really uh, kind of mention them, and then he just had just hit, just went on fire for threes. Mm -hmm. um, but well, this guy probably not. He hits about twenty five percent of three, seventeen out of sixty seven. So he'll jack him up. But um, not the best set it, but watch him come into the bud wall and, and hit a bunch. But he, he, he shoots quite a bit, but he's not uh, – he, he's definitely got the confidence. Uh, don't put him on the line. He's 83% uh, free throw. But then another, uh, Eric Terry, another guy, 6'8". I was just kind of looking at. So a lot of their guards are short. The whole team's short. So mm -hmm. we uh, Joe's 6'5". Kind of – he'll be matched up with the 6'2 guy probably. Um, he'll have a couple inches. Uh, Gafford's going to have about four inches on he's uh, up against. Um, so hopefully length and athleticism will get us this win. But um, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they got, uh, what is that, Mason Harrell and Quentin Scott who comes off the bench every once in a while. And, you know, they can put up some numbers here and there, but it's nothing uh, exciting. Yeah. Um, early, let's see, Mason Harrell. Five nine guard, so even shorter guy. Um, it, it'll give him some minutes. Um, five nine, hundred forty five pounds, so he'll be guy we can really kind of get his uh, real in the full court. Uh, Quentin Scott, he's one of the backups. Six seven, another. I mean, they they're loaded with six seven guys. But I haven't seen anybody above you know six eight. Uh, Chandler Davis, another six eight, two thirty five forward. Um, the average is about ten minutes a game, and then Shelby Adams. 6-3 guard, and then Isaiah Gurley, about another 6-3 guard. He'll play about 13 and a half minutes. So, um, yeah, that's kind of about this team. A lot of 6-3, uh, 6-2 six, six, guards and 6-7, six, 6-8. Six, yeah. But Pearson's the, kind of the main guy to, you know, kind of watch out for. Yeah, just with our size, we should be able to, you know, dominate this team with our with our strength and size. And that's nice to see because being such a young team, 
it's not every game that you're able to, you know, go in there and hang in like that with the uh, <clears throat> with the other teams, you know, as far as your strength goes. So, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, they do out rebound the guys this season so far by eight. So maybe I mean, they guys um, uh, really aggressive. So kind of our guys just kind of lackadaisical think they're going to win every rebound. They're not, you know, they they're going to lose to these shorter guys, but. Uh, off talent, and we just got to find the. I think Western Kentucky is the game that I kind of look at as the least amount I've seen. The team I really like, we just talked about uh, one week ago how excited we were for the season. Mm. One of those reasons because, like, this is young team's been playing really hard. You didn't really see that as Western Kentucky. So um, we've got to have that effort, <laughs> or we're going to end up, you know, being a 15 and 15 team rather than a 20 something and, you know, seven or eight team. Yeah, I totally agree with that. We really gotta, really gotta put off, put forth the effort, and it's gonna be important that we go out there and we turn things around from this last loss. And you know, I think we will. When we had the same situation when we played Texas, we didn't miss a beat. We just came right out the next game and we did what we had to do. We handled our business and we just kept moving forward. And it's not like we lost by a ton of points. It's a situation where we just barely lost the game. And, you know, you still got your confidence, but you understand that you're a beatable team. And it just puts a little bit more fire under you. And it gets you going out there and just playing a little better maybe than you had in that previous game. So I think we're going to see them not underestimating any teams going in SEC play from this point forward and really playing above our competition like we had done after that Texas game. Exactly. You could tell they came out and really, I mean, got played every game after that up to the last one, kind of with some, with a big heart. Um, but it's kind of, um, I think that, you know, four more games uh, or the A&M game. And I think, I think each, they got to know each win's going to count. I mean, they add up. You win those four, we get to double-digit wins. Um, so these are going to be big. I mean, we should win them all. Um, the, the, but, uh, you know, can't take anybody lightly. But I, I, I agree with you. I think we're going to come out and have we're, have that pride. So I think it's kind of nice we're going to Little Rock this first game back after a loss to kind of have a big crowd uh, down in Little Rock. Uh, you know, with a lot of Arkansas players kind of closer to kind of closer to home, um, mm-hmm. kind of get back on track. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that uh, we're definitely going to have an opportunity to, uh, you know, win some games and, you know, be uh, a better team than kind of we had been. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. Um, yeah, I'm ready to see what this team can do. I wish I could watch Saturday's game, but I'll, I'll just have to listen to it. Guess like everybody else on the radio. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, at least, at least we'll be able to listen to the game and and and, and that's it. the last game that's anything like that. I mean, I think there's only even only one more that's just you know the SEC Plus or whatever. I think the rest of them are going to be either on the SEC Network, you know, mm-hmm. ESPN, 
So uh, this will be the last one. It's okay. So I'll I'll get over it because there's a, another game in a couple days after that. That's what I like about basketball. It's been tough because it's been all week, you know, in between games with final with uh, final exams and everything. So it'll be nice to get back on track. We need to win. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, another thing to 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 be aware of is that. Uh, you know, we're going to, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? We're going to, uh, you know, we're going to be able to come out there and, and, and play a little better game than we had played and, you know, and do good. I think, you know, the biggest thing we got to worry about, like I said, is this Georgia Tech game and, and playing them guys, but it's nothing that, you know, we can't do. Um, there's nothing there that, like where it would be like oh i'm not sure you know we can win this thing or or we're gonna be able to pull this out uh it shouldn't be you know it shouldn't be any games that we can't win moving forward and you know we just got to do what we got to do and go ahead and you know win these games oh absolutely um and get up to that 10 win mark um but so you got a score prediction for Texas State? I don't have one yet. I need it. I'm trying to yeah, work think, my crystal ball here. Okay, I think the uh, Texas State game. We're safe to say uh, Texas State seventy-three, Arkansas ninety-two. Seventy-two to seventy-three. Okay, I'll go go ninety-one Texas State. I go 70, 91-70. So, I think that the, the UTSA game should be the one we kind of really run this next Saturday. The, the weakest of the, those uh, three opponents in that little block that we're talking about tonight. But, uh, we should have won them all. So, Hopefully we'll be able to talk about three wins uh, next podcast. Yeah, I don't think there's uh, any reason we can't have three wins by the next podcast. I really don't. I agree. I totally agree. So I guess we're done. Uh, we don't have any hockey to talk about. Uh, I don't know. There wasn't much in football that excited me. Um, there was a couple more uh, guys that signed on for signing class and all that, but probably should just wait until you know, after everything's official and then have a rundown of, you know, all the freshmen. We got yeah, I agree. It was, it was nice. I know we've got a couple offensive linemen. It was nice to see, because uh, that's the spot we really need. Some junior college guys that hopefully kind of come in and contribute right away. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's best to kind of hold off until the, uh, you know, the ink is on the paper and it's a it's official before I you know, get too excited about it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. So, you know, I guess if we're going to talk about something that is uh, not Razorback sports related, you know, we, we need to talk about uh, the situation with the, uh, you know, National Championship football 
uh, that we got going right now. And I know we kind of had a rant about who was left out of the national championship game. And we talked a little bit about, you know, who was left in the national championship game and so forth. But we didn't make any predictions on who we think is going to win uh, the national championship. So I think, you know, it would be good to go ahead and do that. Okay, sure. Um, I've got all my bowls predicted if, if you're interested in running down them. But I can, I got, I got the playoff predicted as well. Well, I haven't done do my bowl picks yet. My goodness. <laughs> We talked uh, well, about I, doing that, didn't we? I don't think I got an invite. Well, I didn't do. I mean, I just wrote them down off the cuff, oh, kind of okay. real. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't were, start it. Were we gonna do a bowl, uh, like a bowl pick thing? Or? I don't know. I need to. Uh, I haven't I logged on to my can. ESPN in a while, or I don't know. I don't know if you can do that public, or you know, just have one everybody could join, or how that works. Yeah. I'm, like to. I'm going to have to figure out my login for ESPN, but that would be fun. I meant to do that a week ago. That way give everybody time, but I did well, not. i tell you what we'll do. We can uh, we can do, do our bowl picks and we can even just take a picture or a screenshot and throw them up on Twitter and then we okay. can talk about those as the bowl games progress and as we well, yeah. out podcast. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I'd say it's just a challenge between me and you. We could just do the, uh, there's only going to be, well, I was about to say, you know, not a whole lot before our next podcast anyway. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. There's really kind of five right? this, well, there's five this Saturday and a couple more, but not, not any, obviously not any big bowls, you know? Yeah. Good Lord. There's five already. Yeah. Saturday we got, I mean, starting off there's both. So. Okay. I guess I need to start keeping up with the bowl games. Been so busy lately. Oh yeah. I understand. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. All right, so who do you think is going to win the national championship game? What's your overall pick? Are you going with Oklahoma? I'm not. I'm going with um, Alabama to beat Oklahoma, Clemson to beat Notre Dame, and then Alabama to beat Clemson in the championship. Golly, man, I feel the same way. I wish I could, <laughs> I wish I could give you something yeah. different. Yeah. And- be like, oh, this is gonna happen, and I think Alabama or I think Notre Dame's gonna get stomped pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty heavily. I think that's gonna be a nasty, probably not even worth watching game. And then uh, that Oklahoma Alabama game is gonna be fun. It's gonna be all about you know, can Oklahoma's offense compete with that high-powered defense? And I think the answer to that's no. Yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma, I mean, hey, if we scored, you know, Arkansas scored 30 points, so I don't know Oklahoma score a little bit. Of course, Alabama tightens up the defense. But, um, I mean, I think maybe, you know, they're good enough to put up a little bit, but I don't think they can outscore Alabama. No. Um, and then Tua is going to be a little bit mm-hmm. perturbed. I and he was, say. you know, and he was kind of, I know, going back to even maybe before, 
the LSU game. You know, he had a long run, kind of limping a little bit in his knee. I know he was kind of – he came out of that game injured. Uh, he wasn't having the best of days against Georgia. But he's probably going to be – I think all courts sound like he's going to be real healthy. And he's, and the whole team's already sound like they're pissed off about Murray winning. You know, that was honestly the worst thing for Oklahoma for, well, as far as that goes. It's on the – Good job for that kid to win the Heisman, but you know that just fires Alabama even up even more. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> it almost be like, oh man, you know, kind of the other way around. But uh, you know, whatever, whatever on the Heisman, I haven't really cared about it since they robbed you know D Mac twice. So he should at least won it one year. So no, I totally it's just a quarterback that, award, anyways. Yeah, you know, unless we ever. Unless we ever have a Razorback that does win. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be totally different then, you know. That's going to be... <laughs> that's going to be us. You know, tie story next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. I'm just kidding. Well. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, I, I think that was a good podcast. I think, uh, you know, I guess we went through everything we, you know, we needed to go through or whatnot. So, I guess, uh, I guess that's it, huh? I guess so. Well, that was good. So, Hope let's everybody has- leave you guys with this little special from the Moonshine and Three.
Go Hawks. Whoopee. Back to the Hog Call Podcast.